why is the Smurfs movie in New York and not the Smurf Village? That's ridiculous. Welcome to another episode of Let's Rewatch, the show where we like to watch movies we loved in our youth and see if they're actually still any good. I'm Nick. I'm Brett. I'm Sam. And I'm Ash. And we are joined by an awesome guest. We have Patrick Edwards. Welcome, Patrick. Hi. And so Patrick is the author of the book Space Tripping. Got the copy here in my hand. So is this your first book? It is, yes. This is Aliens with Drinking Problems. I'm getting that that image in my head. Yep, yes. Um, <laughs> I would say uh, if I were to um, sum it up in a single sentence, it's, if you like Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, it's that, but uh, with rampant profanity and drunken shenanigans. Love it. And there, there are no no fewer than two quotes on the book's jacket that compare you to Douglas Adams. And that's... Which if, is high praise. So. Ooh, wow. Yeah. And yeah. it wasn't for that. I don't think I feel comfortable using that him in my description. Okay, so you don't want to do it yourself, but since no, somebody yes, else yes, made the yeah. connection first. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm a near worshiper of Douglas Adams, mm-hmm. which makes me want to read this book even he, more. He's serious. He's got a restraining order and everything. <laughs> yeah which makes me think like it would be interesting to watch one of the many versions of hitchhiker's guide for this show thank you for just yes anding me yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i do well i mean you can't have a restraining order when the guy is unfortunately deceased oh <laughs> <laughs> they're restraining you from his grave but i just want to talk to him of course uh, by that logic like michael Crichton is about to put out another book which doesn't make any goddamn sense. That dude's been dead for ten years. Wait, what? Yeah, how? It's like Tupac. Yeah. <laughs> are you are you a fan of Hitchhiker's Guide? Douglas oh yeah, stuff. Mm, yeah. Very much so. And Tupac. And Tupac. Uh, <laughs> um, people who know me really well are laughing really hard when they listen to this because actually, yes, I went through a very very serious Tupac, <laughs> Tupac. phase, as in yeah. owning multiple documentaries about his life on DVD. Oh wow. Phase. Did you have a restraining order as well? Yes, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. From his grave. Do you ever try to rap? Oh, no. Oh, no. No comment. Please, the fifth. Which brings us to our recurring segment. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever tried to rap? No. Nope. Did you guys, did any of you see the Dirt Gently TV show? <gasps> yes. Seen like and it's, I, I really enjoyed it. Really? A lot. Yes. I really did not oh. enjoy what? it. What? Okay. I, I love the books, but man, that, I only watched one episode. Though. Well, it's been fun to see you guys. <laughs> hey, we yeah, really you know, liked like it. Now. You guys really liked it? We haven't seen all of it, so don't spoil yeah. it. Nope. But we're about three or four episodes in. Interesting. Yeah. What's uh what's the tonal difference that, that threw you off? I'm curious. I mean, the TV show felt like hipsters trying to be interesting. It didn't feel like Douglas Adams at all. The show it seems like it's a fucking like acid trip of an adventure. Like it's yeah. so I don't want to say random because it's like the opposite of the point of the show, but <laughs> right. And everything it's, it's, it's things that seem like they're random at first. And then he's really good at pulling it all together. But it's, in it's cut end. in a way that's like intentionally confusing. And, yeah. you know, it definitely feels like two very different people, me and the person who wrote this show read the same book and we both loved the book, but had very different interpretations of it. Mm. And it just doesn't, it didn't work with me. 
<laughs> but you guys dig it. So I found good. it very enjoyable. Yeah, I'm super into I it. I might have to check it out again. I also haven't read the book, so. It's been probably over 20 years since I've read those books. So, okay. youch. <laughs> I mean, I didn't expect to come here and be on the same page with all, with all content with everyone here. I mean, I was going crazy in my car listening to your Mighty Ducks episode as you guys just <laughs> oh, no. ripped it to shreds. But okay. Meaning you like the ducks? So, no, no. But to, to be fair, I'm going to qualify that. To be fair... As you were talking about it, and I was going back over it in my mind, I think similar to the movie we're going to talk about today, I think a lot of my memories are composite memories of mm. the multiple. Mm-hmm. And I kept thinking, and I think a lot of the stuff that I remember that I liked was from the second. Yeah, one. yeah. us too, mm-hmm. which we found so. out a little too late in the yeah. process. I've had a few of those conversations where everybody's just like, what about that thing? It's like, that wasn't in this movie. Well, like, like Lethal <laughs> Weapon, right? <laughs> Does he just look at his shoulder? Yeah. No. Nope. Oh. But but on that, I need to call three of the three of you out for nobody getting Ash's repeated Night at the Roxbury Thank reference. You. Oh, like, I have never seen <laughs> it. She was pretty insistent that yeah. we understand that. I was gonna keep saying it till someone did. <laughs> we All should right. put that on the list, please. Please. I need more Christmas. That would be a good one because I love that movie. It's and so I'm good. sure I, I could coin flip whether today if I watched it again, if I'd still enjoy it or I, I would just, definitely still enjoy it. I'd be interested in. I don't know that I've seen the movie. Oh, I'd be interested in checking it out. Man, it's so it's like classic Chris Kattan and Will Ferrell, just mm. so good. That seems like a movie that would be uh, better with every beer. Probably, <laughs> it's a movie that I think you know. If you lived through the '90s, you it's probably it's kind of funnier now, you know, because it's you just. Everyone's all nostalgia about it. Could the be past. a movie they make now as a flashback to that nostalgia. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I could see that. I think it was, I enjoyed it a lot because it's from a sketch from SNL, but yeah. they, they didn't try to go too big with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or it, they just basically literally just took the concept and stretched it out over the whole movie. <laughs> yeah. And they just wrote a sketch but didn't stop yeah. writing it. Pretty much. Yeah. I wonder if it'll have any of those, like uh, when we watch Zoolander. Uh, there was one bit about the the tiny cell phone. Oh. And I, I remember seeing that and thinking like, oh yeah, that was a thing. Like where people were making fun of how small cell phones were. Oh yeah. And they do that in Night at the Roxbury too, but it's the opposite. Because the mom's like, take the cell phone with you. And it's like this the, gigantic The Zach Morris brick. phone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so Patrick, I was told that you are a, a big sci-fi mind, a big fan of... Lots of sci-fi products. I'd hope so. I'd, yeah, <laughs> enough yeah. so that I wrote a book about aliens. So yeah. Okay. So w- it would be safe to say that you are a fan of Alien of the Alien series. Yes, I'd say I'm, I've seen them. Uh, I don't know if I've seen every single one of them, but yeah. Okay. Alien, Aliens, Resurrection. Um, it's been a while though. Okay. They're not something you just not throw on for light watching in the background. Yeah. So this this time around, we are watching Alien, the first movie. And I do want to mention that, you know, we were talking a while about, let's try and watch better movies. And I'm going to lay something on you here. Some of you already know, in my opinion, this is the best movie that has ever been made. Oh, oh wow. So this is going to be a heavy conversation. I think this is a perfect movie. I think it's a template for what is great about movies, how movies should be made. I absolutely love this movie. It is the best movie on celluloid. 
I had a, a brief conversation with uh, Zach Harris about this this episode. Oh no! <laughs> and he what dumped did Zach all say? Over it. No, uh, he, I think we we came to a, a I don't know about the best movie ever, but it might be uh, the best horror movie for sure, like und- mm-hmm. und- sure. undisputed. And I was trying to think, and maybe you guys can help me think of one. What's Oh, like a serious horror movie, not one that plays up the camp, but what's like a serious horror oh. movie that might so be I a contender on Elm Street <laughs> versus this one. Mm. Haven't seen it, but from everything I read, Get Out. Oh, I haven't seen yeah, it. Either. But I hear nothing so but amazing it. things. It's something like ninety nine percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, I think none of us have seen it. Yeah. I think yeah. I think maybe something like The Exorcist. It would it has a little bit of a date on it, but that I yeah, think would be a, a contender. One. American Werewolf. In London, yes, but that so was scary. that was steering towards comedy. I, I mean, do you consider The comedy? Shining a horror? Oh, because yeah. okay. yeah. The yeah. Shining. That's a great one. Okay, and are you basing it on purely how how scary something is, or just a good movie that also is scary? I think it's the the premise was a, a horror movie that is like intentional horror mm-hmm. that is unrelenting that delivers on the promise. Yeah, it's it's not broken up with like, haha, I remember you're watching a movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just scary, scary, scary the whole time. Well, the mm-hmm. thing that I really love about Alien is that it's what I would call psychological horror and that it's about, you know, and I think that's why it doesn't play up to the campy normal horror tropes is because it's actually, it's like all about the psyche of you're trapped in this space with this thing and, you know, trying to avoid it. And The Shining is very much the same way. Yeah. They're trapped in the Overlook Hotel with the shining <laughs> or crazy <laughs> Jack Nicholson. Um, so that's, that's one reason why I think this is an amazing movie too. And I agree with you, Nick. I know we've had this conversation where I put alien up there as like one of the best movies ever made. Um, I mean, we all know Jurassic park is the best movie ever made, but <laughs> <laughs> I was kind of curious about that to see if you guys on the spot could say what you think is the best movie. And I was wondering if you would say Jurassic. Park. Oh, of course, mm-hmm. of course I'd say Jurassic park. And is that too on the spot or do you guys have in your mind what would be the perfect movie? That's a little bit unfair. Uh, like yeah. the perfect yeah. movie of all yeah. time? Yeah. Princess Bride. Oh, yeah, that's, yeah. That, that seems might to be, be yours for sure. That, that, that's that's up there. You and I have oh, talked nice. about that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I can't really comment because <laughs> that's fair. My, my, very choice, on my choices are weird. <laughs> the, the substitute. <laughs> oh, I heard. I, I don't. Think, I didn't listen. The, I heard you reference that, and I did not listen to that episode. But you watched with um, uh, Tom Berenger. Oh yeah, as like the Marine yep. ex mercenary. Oh yeah. I actually loved that movie when I was little. <laughs> thank I you. watched. The, thank you, <laughs> yeah. I have watched Sam it and I loved it. Nick hated uh, it. So I loved watching it. I wouldn't and say that's, uh, I loved um, it as a film. What, JLo's ex-husband is the gang leader. Yeah. Mark, Mark Anthony. Anthony. Yes. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With the sweatsuit with the one leg always rolled up. Oh, yeah. Then, oh. He's starting a trend. So well, Nick hated did it. you have a movie? That uh, you- best. Uh, that I mean, Princess Bride is up there. It's a hard uh, question. I, I could I could give you you it's know a, what it's an unfair question without premeditation. I'm gonna say yeah. for me the movie I could. Uh, the version of Blade Runner without the voiceover. Oh yeah, yeah. Without the voiceover, the voiceover. Is awful. yeah. So we got a Ridley Scott connection. Mm-hmm. He makes, oh, there it's right. He yeah. makes best movies. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've not He's, seen Blade Runner either. What? I, I'm gonna lay down another one on you here. I don't like Blade Runner uh, at all. No. 
Just like okay. not at all. Okay. Nick is here to be disagreed with. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's so, his function. So I'm going to do this thing again where I did not look this up on IMDb. Oh. And Ash, you, you do you. have it on IMDb. <laughs> I'm pretty sure this movie came out in 1979. Correct. Um, and what? of course, is that old? I thought it was like 85. That's what oh, I would have yeah. guessed too. Yeah. It's got several sequels over the past 20 years. This is 79. You're blowing my mind right now. Yes, they aliens. made the best movie ever in 79. They should have just stopped making movies. Aliens. Eight. There's aliens with two S's. You got something to say. There's aliens, exclamation mark. Yeah. No, there's not. No? No. Oh. I was just guessing <laughs> yeah. you again. Well, there's guessing. even more aliens. <laughs> right. <laughs> Alien so, squared. <laughs> oh, that'd be good. Well, it was Alien Three had the superscript three. It looked like Did Alien it? Cube, <laughs> but it was Alien Three. It's like they just made a new Ring movie, and instead of calling it Ring Three, they were like Rings. Rings. Yeah. <laughs> they were trying to be Multiple. trendy in the early two thousands and did Aliens with a Z. <laughs> <laughs> So, of course, stream aliens. <laughs> that movie was actually just about foreign immigrants coming into the country. Well, it's funny you say that because the second movie, Aliens, uh-huh. you know, it's got all the space marines. I can't remember her name. She was the mother in Terminator 2. But she thought she was auditioning for a movie about illegal aliens oh, from, no. from Central America. Oh, no. And they actually, there's a point in the movie where Bill Paxton says... You thought they said illegal aliens and you signed up. So they like made a joke based on her going to the audition. Yeah. Yeah. She's like, thanks, guys. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, of course, this was directed by Ridley Scott. Wrong. No, I'm just kidding. You're right. (laughs) Yeah, there's no question. I was racking my brain, of course, Blade Runner. Um, of course, Gladiator, which is a favorite of mine. Oh, I love Gladiator. Yeah, Gladiator's. I was shocked Mm -hmm. at how much I loved Gladiator. Yeah. He did a version of Robin Hood. Um, did he, which one did he, which Robin Hood was his? With Snape? I didn't see it actually. I just remember he did a version that I never got. Was it the Russell Crowe one? Yes. If it's the Russell Crowe one, it was supposed to be called Nottingham and it was actually supposed to be about the sheriff as the protagonist. Oh, interesting. Oh. And I guess Russell Crowe came and like, no, no, I'm the hero. Like, yeah, <laughs> uh, just, they made another. Did Ridley Scott direct Black Hawk Down? I don't know. Or was it? Tracking. And I'm pretty sure he directed Legend, which we watched. Wait, what? Really? The was Will Smith one? No. 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 <laughs> oh, Tom Cruise? The Tom Cruise Tom one? Cruise. Oh, yeah, that yeah. was Ridley Scott, right? And Tim Curry is like a big devil. Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. We did that on the show like a year oh, ago. Oh, yeah. So the movie Two is called ago. Robin Hood. That was like the our second episode. in question. Yeah, yeah that's, yeah. Mm-hmm. He directed Black Hawk Down. Was there anything? Gladiator. That... Matchstick Men. That one was yeah. good. Oh, and the Apple 1984 commercial. Oh, yeah. Probably the, the biggest like commercial credit anybody's ever had. Like the only one. So our stars are Sojourney Weaver, Tom Skerritt. Wait, Sej- <laughs> okay, I was, is that how you say it? Okay. I, I'm, I'm a guest. Let I was going to. Uh, Sigourney. 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 Yeah, Sigourney. It's a G. I'm not 100% sure. I know we fought about Brendan Fraser, and I know I was right about that. <laughs> but I'm not quite 100% on Nick, do you Sigourney. call gifts gifs? <laughs> yeah. It's a, yeah. It's a we, gif. Okay. okay. Yes. Yeah. So, Sigourney. Sigourney Weaver? Sigourney. I've always heard Sigourney. I wonder what I said in our Ghostbusters 2 episode. I think you said Sigourney as well, and we all just Just laid over it. We're like, okay. Um, Tom Skerritt is our second star, and we've seen him in a lot of stuff, and I can't remember any of it. Checking. Wait, isn't isn't he Viper in Top Gun? Yes. He is in Top Gun. He is. He was in Ted, apparently. With Marky Mark? 
Um, so John Hurt is in this, and John Hurt is this fucking movie. Like, I'm not even going to say it, but John Hurt shines. Um, John Hurt, I think a lot of people know from The Elephant Man, and most recently from Doctor Who. He was the wartime doctor. Oh. Um, yeah. And he died very recently, I think. It was... Yeah. Uh, might have been Over even Christmas. this year. Yeah. yeah. Was, like December. Yeah, it was recent though, yeah. Yeah. This one's for you, John. Um, Ian Holm, who we know as Bilbo Baggins. Who plays me. Who plays you. Yeah. yeah. Who plays <laughs> Ash in this movie. Um, it was funny. One time we watched, we did some like double feature of Alien and RoboCop. Oh, yeah, With yeah. you and Murphy. Uh-huh. So it's like Murphy is in RoboCop and you're in, and, yeah. in <laughs> Alien. Um, and who else? Um I've got it written down. I'm trying not to look. Harry Dean Stanton, who will recognize, but I can't place what else he's been in. Yafit Koto and Veronica Cartwright, not that recognizable, but they're both great in this movie. Yafit Koto did some like 70s like cop shows, I think. For a second, I thought you meant Nancy Cartwright. <laughs> yeah, that'd be cool. <laughs> hey, Bart. Don't have Where's a cow, man. <laughs> Harry Dean Stanton was in uh, Green Mile. Yes, he was a little tutu. And he, the Avengers, apparently. He's been in, in, in. Is one of those people who you recognize. You recognize his face. Yeah. You know he's been in probably fifty movies, but yeah. Oh, he was in um that Alpha Dog movie with Justin Timberlake. I will take your word for that. Oh, he is okay. <laughs> <laughs> Nick was like Justin Timberlake. No, no Timberlake's all right. I just okay. don't see that. Um, but I can't remember the writers. The writers are well known for this movie, like. Bannon and Shusit, something like that. Um, yes. Steve Bannon wrote this movie. <laughs> <laughs> but what I love about this movie, Ash, is you're looking at the list of the actors and characters in this movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there are <laughs> there are seven characters, seven actors. That's all you get. Yeah. Front to start, there's no other credit. There's no other face that appears on screen. Seven characters. There's something kind of beautiful and simple about that that mm-hmm. I really dig about this movie. Yeah, that's the the sort of psychological element of, you know, a lot of the film is carried by such a small... Yeah. I mean, all of the film is carried by such a small cast. Yeah. I think about that when I think about Moon, but even mm. Moon had, like, we're talking to people on Earth through a video screen. Like, God, I yeah, love Moon, though. That's true. Yeah, Moon Well, is- Cast Away, you know... Carried by one. Like, yes, mm-hmm. but there's other people in the beginning and the end. Yeah. Right? Totally. And it's a triumphant job he did on that movie, but I just love that the whole movie, seven faces, that's it. And I think that really heightens the um, the feeling of isolation and fear you feel in the movie because it makes you, you know, Moon, There's he has a connection to Earth, and so you feel like there's a possibility of him getting back there. But in Alien, it's like, no, they're, they're out there by themselves. And I think that makes it even scarier because you're just like, they could just fucking die and nobody knows. And one of the things that I'm sure we're about to discover is uh, I remember specifically from Moon, a lot of the tension was actually really score driven. There's some music yeah. in this movie, man. Yeah, and I don't, I haven't seen this in so long. I don't remember any yeah. of the score cues from this. So yeah. there be- is a amazing scene that. I will not say until after the movie, so I don't spoil it. But um, there's this one scene that 
is so much scarier if you turn the TV off and you keep the sound oh, on. Oh, God. <laughs> and yeah. in film school, we did that. And oh, that's cool. with just some friends of mine. And it's just like, it's even scarier and just the sound design and the music really heightens it i'm gonna wait until after the movie and then i'm gonna try to predict yes i I think i know the scene because i think not my class (coughs) but the class after me did that in my film school oh really and they i think they had to add their own sound effects Mm. and then see how close they got (laughs) oh interesting but we'll see if it's the same scene so patrick you (laughs) said something to me interesting before we recorded and you hinted about it a moment ago that there's a bunch of alien movies, you know, there's four core alien movies and there's Prometheus. Then there's the new movie, Alien Resurrection? Covenant. 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 Yeah. yeah. No, not Resurrection. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's coming out in May 19. But you said there's so many that you've seen, they kind of blur together sometimes. I've seen, I have not seen Prometheus. I've seen the first four, but yeah, I, it's probably been 10 years since I've seen one of them. And really sat down and watched it. So, yeah, it, it's, I'm thinking, yeah, you're, you're picturing yeah, different scenes from different ones and you forget. Yeah. So you might be quasi remembering something now that's in Alien 3. Right. Is, uh, is this new Alien movie like the sequel to Prometheus or is it its yes. own? It is? Okay. So I uh, never watch trailers, so I'm, I think that's right. <laughs> okay. So the, the, trailer for the new one has anyone seen it oh yes i have it's because it's not a trailer uh it's a prologue it's <gasps> what? I, like I heard there was a short that transitions them yeah it's it's interesting well maybe i didn't see i the would same get trailer, into, though. i've been going nick's route lately and not watching for movies that i know i'm want to go see i'm yeah. going to see i've not been watching trailers just because these days it's they just tell you it's, the whole story they, yeah they tell you everything it helps nobody yeah this one has no story cues it's just like Picks up from where at the end of Prometheus, and uh, it's just it's like two or three minutes, and man, I was sucked right back into it. So wow, that's might awesome. be worth looking up. I would pay a significant amount of money to be able to go into a theater, memory erased, watch Prometheus, and not know it's connected to Alien. That's what happened to me. I didn't, I didn't know. So I did not know going into Prometheus that it was an alien movie. I didn't watch the trailer. I went in and I loved it. And like I remember, other people hated it, and I had no idea. It was like halfway through the movie. I think it finally clicked, and I was like, "I want that." I was like, "This is an alien movie." I had no idea, and it was so like delightful, you know, to yeah. have that discovery halfway through. Prometheus is is fun because it's much like how I'm always saying things are battleshipping. Mm. I, I, I use this one less often, but I, I call it the Prometheus effect where <laughs> uh, immediately after seeing Prometheus, I was like, this was the best fucking movie. And then like every consecutive hour after that, onto infinity it became a less enjoyable movie because mm. i kept asking more questions yes <laughs> yeah. i had that a little bit with man of steel if you talked to me right after the movie i would have said i liked it and then i thought about things same thing <laughs> yeah. for me with yeah. slumdog millionaire walked out of that movie i was like that was amazing and then i kept thinking about it and i was like well there's a lot of plot holes in this movie wait a minute i also think it's really interesting how the alien movies all have very high profile awesome directors you know, mm-hmm. Aliens is James Cameron. Alien 3 is David Fincher. Alien Resurrection is insane. Jean-Pierre Junette, who also directed Amelie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it is insane. Like, that dude is just, 
he's got some range and it's an insane, beautiful, awesome movie. And now we're back to Ridley Scott for Prometheus. And I'm pretty sure he's directing. I keep forgetting. I want to say alien isolation, but that's a video covenant. game. Covenant. 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 <laughs> so are the verse, the versus predator movies, uh, a part oh, of it. That's oh. interesting. They are canonical, but I don't ever think of them. God, they're so bad. They're not great. <laughs> How did that even get okayed? Money. Oh, because yeah. people want to see monsters. Yeah. Rights. And oh, it yeah. was like a comic book series. Everybody wanted to see them together. And oh. haven't seen the original one of those, but apparently the movie is, from what I've heard, 90% of it is terrible. But the actual final, when they finally get to the fight, is supposed to be yeah. pretty good between the alien and predator. Was it was good. The fight was are, good. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you know what? I actually haven't seen that one. I saw the, the Freddy versus Jason one. Um, oh, that's a do you know thing. do you know in yeah. Japan they did uh they did one of those because for the Japanese of the it was the <laughs> ring no no it was the ring a... and the grudge okay. uh, so apparently apparently there's in Japan there's like twelve of each of those they're both massive franchises wow. and they did it. a ring and ring versus grudge one <laughs> where like the girl from the ring wow. and the grudge little grudge ghost go at it and like fight. <laughs> And then apparently team up to kill like the humans or something. But <laughs> when I was in college, I had a friend who was taking film classes and somebody gave him a VHS of ring. He's like, oh, you should God. watch this movie. And then he watched it. Oh, and he went to return to the guy's like, nah, you can keep it. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was it's best. not thinner. You can't just get rid of the curse by giving it to someone. Isn't that the point? You, you have, have to make them watch it. They have to watch yeah. it. Right? Yeah. I thought you're, everyone just died. die in seven days. No, no, no. You have you to watch to the... Else. Or they, everyone's just really unsuccessful about transferring the VHS. Or they don't know. I don't remember mm. the details. I just remember if you watch it, then, then you you're ha- cursed. You have, to, you have to make get somebody else, else to watch, watch it. it. Uh, yeah. I wonder how that would go this day if you were to remake it. Just It'd be like a, an audio. Like a file. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. And uploaded to YouTube and I'm good. <laughs> like the only no way, one the only would way. ever get attacked because to, there's constantly people watching share. it. Yeah. It's a click share. <laughs> click like and subscribe. It, it's if a, you like my curse. Cuts, cuts to the ring girl sitting there like, damn it. <laughs> she, she climbs out of the well, but what happens next? Amazing. <laughs> 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 Let's make this video, please. So let's talk about what we're expecting here. And and I think I've put it out there, you know, I, I can't it's been maybe two or three years, but I still think this is best movie ever. I don't made. think you gave it high enough expectations, Nick. Yeah. I think uh yeah. So Sam, I'm curious how you're feeling about this as a person who's never seen it. Also Also <laughs> Also the other thing. Uh, <laughs> Sam is definitely afraid of aliens. Yeah. So I grew up in a log cabin on a lake. With like, not even with an alien family and no yeah, stay. my dad <laughs> loves aliens and alien stories and X Files, and he would watch them right before bed. And my brother and I would sit at the top of my stairs and look through like the railing thing and watch it and be terrified. And like the cars would come down our street, but we didn't know this because we were kids. And they'd like whoo, shine lights across our room that looked like alien lights. And I was convinced I was going to get abducted when I was a child. So I'm a little not thrilled about watching aliens, to be Excellent. honest. Mm-hmm. So, well, I didn't bring an alien mask to horrify you with. Thank you. You're I appreciate welcome. that. I wanted yeah. to, though. I really did. No, no. <laughs> so and your expectations are just fear. Yeah, pretty much. So, like, 
for me, it's particularly like the green man sort of mm-hmm. freaky alien. Like if their appendages are longer than they should be, that freaks me out. And Did like you see signs? Knees, no, uh, no, oh, I can't do that. My dad watched it and I saw one scene where it like jumped out in the window and I yeah, could not. That's uh, the Mexican birthday party. I could not walk by the windows in my house and there were windows everywhere. Oh man, we should, we should watch it though. No, and then no, let me make no. fun of it the whole time. Cause no. I think it's the dumbest movie. No, no, no. <laughs> oh, it's the best. I'm good. I love that movie. So, no, I, I'm kind of the breath in that when I first watched it, I was like, oh, it's crazy. And then it's, I'm, yeah, Prometheus mm-hmm. effect, the more I thought about it, it's like, well, wait a minute. It's, it's, uh, well, Sam, you're never going to watch it, right? I'm going to spoil it here. No, don't, no, don't no. spoil it. Spoils don't spoil it, it for don't our viewers. I don't care about me, but. Well, the, well, the well, viewers, viewers, viewers are listeners. Oh, this <laughs> this Sorry. is, this, this is the spoils cast is what this is. The, the aliens were not that hard to beat. The, the whole, like, on the radio, oh, my God, the aliens are taking over the world. We can't stop them. And then, like, how did they stop the fucking aliens? Think Swing about away. It. It's, they just beat them up. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's not what up. happened. That alien was on the ground prone being fucking murdered before... <laughs> The, the the thing happened, okay? He, he was winning that fight. Well, yeah, Hands down. I so. With a stick. <laughs> so here's what I love about that movie, and what I love about a lot of Shyamalan movies is there's this, there's this story that you've heard a million times. We've seen War of the Worlds. We've seen Alien Invasions. You know, we've seen superhero movies. We've seen these stories before. But what he gives you is one tiny corner of a story you've seen before. It's War of the Worlds... But we're just watching one farmhouse. Yeah. That's what I love about that. Me too. I, I think from it, it really boils down to the alien's weakness. Yeah. So what, but that's, what that, yeah, that's the bats. thing everybody well, and, and, <laughs> the other one. Yeah. yeah. That's the thing a lot of people I've heard have a problem with. It didn't bother me when I saw the movie. I'd be curious to see it again and see if it bothers me. But there's there's also like Joaquin Phoenix is like so good in that movie. Like there's yes. a lot of good, you know... I guess I'm willing to overlook that little detail. The a little detail. Well, Let's go right. to a planet where the places You're actually right. have a humidity of over a hundred percent. Like, think about it. So what do you expect? Well, <laughs> well, maybe that wasn't the thing that killed him. Maybe it was the baseball bat. Maybe you're right. Oh my god, they've got baseball bats. They've got heavy wooden sticks. So Brett, what do you expect from Alien? You've seen it. So long ago. Okay. I loved it when I saw it. I have Memories of it, it that are like 2001, which is just accurate, stunning <laughs> visuals. And if I get nothing else out of the movie, the stunning visuals, I think, will will sell it for me because I, I remember a few of the shots and it's just like, holy shit. Good, yeah, the good set cinematography. prop work is amazing. Good, good props. Good, good sound design. Um, scary alien. Like the the craft of it. It's so good that the story doesn't have to be. Mm. And I know the story is going to be good, too. So I'm excited to see it. Uh, Yeah. Wait, isn't there a cat in this movie? There is a cat. Jonesy. Oh, no. I don't remember that. Oh, Oh, wait. Yes, I do. Anyway. (laughs) Now I'm scared for me and the cat. So what do you (laughs) not John Wick. (laughs) Oh, I know I'm going to love this movie. (laughs) The alien just shoots the cat. (laughs) Sigourney's like, you never should have come here. Um, I know I'm going to love it because this is also one of my favorite films and I consider it to be one of the best 
films ever. And uh, I think both this and Jurassic Park I own the box sets for. Um, so, yeah, I, I think I'm going to love it. I think I'm going to love even more watching Sam squirm the whole time. <laughs> In podcasts, everybody can hear you scream. Yeah, right. <laughs> don't give Brett any ideas. Okay? Can that just be the transition, Sam screaming? <laughs> All right, so Patrick, what are you expecting out of this movie? Um, I'm expecting, I think what's going to be interesting is just like we are talking about earlier, remembering, oh, that's from this one. That's, that's this not, one. I'm like, oh, waiting, keep waiting for something to happen. It's like, yeah. Oh, here comes, Where's oh, no, Bill wait. Yeah. Where's her daughter? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think that's one of the most interesting for me is kind of because it's been, like I said, probably a good 10 years since I've sat down and just watched one of them. You might be embarking on a on a adventure where you're watching the rest of them when you go home. Yeah, you might you might get hooked. Cool. So you're you're just looking for clarification on which one is which. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but not, not sure about your opinion of this one or just not. No, sure what, I, I think I'm going to. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to jump on the It's a. Uh, the best movie ever made. Yeah. But uh, definitely, no, I, I mean, I expect it to be an enjoyable movie and I enjoyed it when I was younger and I first watched it and it's has the, uh, the recognition that it does for a reason. So yeah. right you on. just cut back to the second part of the podcast and you're just not in it. Cause yeah. you didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. Patrick <laughs> <had to> leave. <laughs> yeah. No, I think actually for me, what's going to be interesting is uh, I can't, Nothing I write, like my book, nothing I write takes itself very seriously. Mm-hmm. And it's Alien is the, is very, very serious. Yes, it takes, it yes. takes everything very seriously. And I think I'm gonna, uh, it's going to be hard for me to just kind of watch and, and not see the lines of where I could make a joke out of something. Here. <laughs> okay. it, yeah. We might I'll do my best. I'll be book. good. No, I'll, I'll, I'm good. I'll keep, I'll be, I'll keep it zipped up. <laughs> like the alien turns into a drag queen or something. <laughs> Right on. So we are going to stop and watch Alien. And so uh, you might want to check the movie out and join us after after you finish. He's an alien, alien on our ship. <laughs> Nailed it. So we just watched Alien, and I think we should address the elephant in the room. That movie took a lot from the new season of Mystery Science Theater 3000. <laughs> Patrick, I think at one point you mentioned that, or was it Ash? It was mentioned, me. Ash oh. mentioned that. I was like, basically, the beginning of this is the same plot as the <laughs> beginning of the new and Mystery Science. I already thought of that. Yeah. It's like, in a ship, hauling ore, get a distress call. They go in to investigate the distress call. Things go wrong. Yeah. Felicia Day shows up. <laughs> and an evil woman traps him on the dark side of Elfie 426. I mean, I'd watch that movie if the xenomorph, instead of trying to kill him, just put on a little hat and made him watch a vaudeville routine. Yeah. Time. <laughs> I thought we were going to talk about the real uh, elephant in the room, and that's I'm a robot, guys. Just uh, yes, I yeah. know. Mm-hmm. We can't know for sure until we knock your head off. <laughs> yeah. I got suspicion when we started sweating white goop. Yeah, yeah, the whole time in the first half of the movie, I'm like, that's, he's drinking so much milk. Later, that milk is going to come back. <laughs> oh. I just kept, like, the whole time Sam's like, that stupid science guy. And I'm like, oh, I can't wait. Right. <laughs> While we're on him, I'm going to, because I have a, 
you see it a lot in science fiction. He's the science officer. You see that all the time. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of things that are science. So, yeah, like medicine, yeah. Geology, yeah, medicine. Yeah, like, yeah. He's in charge of the computer. Everyone apparently. else is incredibly specific roles. Like you have a pilot who just flies a ship. You have the two oh my guys that all they do is repair the ship. But the science officer has literally 27 jobs. Yeah, it was like the, the what was it like? He's the science officer when it comes to science. Yeah. It's up to him. It's like, you're in space, dude. (laughs) I just realized I was going to make a crack about how he's just the stand in for all of the blue shirts on Star Trek. But he actually had a blue uniform. He literally was science division. They did all have blue uniforms, didn't they? No, I think Ash just had the blue uniform. No, Ripley was wearing blue. Oh, she had that dark blue jumpsuit yeah. at some point. He had like due, a light due blue. to the color correction. Everyone was wearing blue. Yeah. That's true. It was a very blue movie, except for the guy wearing the tropical shirt. Yeah, Harry Dean Stanton. But yeah, I, the whole time I felt like you guys were building a case about how the plot was flimsy because they kept doing stupid stuff. And the whole time I'm thinking it's because he's a robot and he's under orders. Yeah. To to bring back the alien. Yep. And then all of that makes complete sense. You yeah. said you guys. I think it, it was, was just me, Sam. Yeah. Because yeah. I was the only yeah. one who didn't know. Yeah. <laughs> but but also I feel like I can't you know, I can't speak for for everyone, but in the event where there's s- something from space has attached itself to the face of one of our crew members and and it's just like, Oh yeah, we have we literally have a rule for that. Stay out. <laughs> <laughs> and then the one dude's just like, No, 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 we'll let him in. Like I don't care if he's a yeah. science officer. Where's, I say shut up. Where's their protocol? But, but, but it's it's not like he said we're gonna do it, and, and she had the opportunity to say no. He just hit the button. Yeah, yeah. But then, like you know, like throw his body back out. Like <laughs> <laughs> no, you're on the ship. Get out again. They had what seemed like a full day of like contemplation over. There's an alien on his face. Well, what guys? Hap- there's an alien on his face. <laughs> <laughs> well, what happened is the the captain guy wanted him on the ship. But the captain guy was in the airlock, so that meant yeah. Ripley was in charge. Which after he got let on, Ripley's not in charge anymore, and she's apparently the only fucking logical one on their ship. Which that's a weird method for establishing chain of command is where you're standing. The <laughs> determines your authority. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like where? Just because he's it's the, he's on one side of the door, he has no authority. Technically, he was on the ship. It depends if it's one of those little like sticky outy airlocks. Oh yeah, I guess so. But you could say he was on the other side of that, um, that that situation. It's like yeah. if you're a kid and you're playing yeah. like knights and kings. Like I, I'm in the throne, so I'm the king. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She was sitting in the bridge terrace, so she could make the rules. Yeah. I also like this movie. The whole time I was thinking like this movie just proves Nick's point that robots are awful and shouldn't be treated as people. Should not be trusted. <laughs> yes. Um, it's the robot's fault that they all die. Yeah, but who fucking programmed that robot? Right, the corporation. It's uh-huh. the company, and yeah, that I think the second movie does a lot of fun stuff with the idea of the company. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're the company's pretty fucked up in this whole scenario, and I don't really blame these people because you know they're not Star Trek explorers. Explorers, they're hauling you know ore from some mining facility or something they're a ragtag crew of miners assembled to travel into space and mine a meteor i don't even think they're the miners they're the truckers yeah, yeah. they're they just, just hauling. yeah 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 um, i don't think they dug it out i think they're just hauling it back to earth i got the impression that there were most they're the two dudes that weren't getting a full share were the truckers 
Oh, I just feel like they're just like the repair guys. Yeah, Yeah. they're like maintenance crew. Yeah, they're the the blue collar workers. Just one of their full share. Where where the the truckers are actually the upper class of the ship. Yeah, captains, Brett. I I never got the joke before that they. um, I mean, I just didn't. Maybe I just didn't remember it. But I love that joke where they're talking to Ripley and then they turn. Yeah, <laughs> the steam off. They're yeah, like, yeah. God damn it! Yeah, they're <laughs> like just it was fucking all, with it. Yeah, but they an extra layer of joke. He looks over and it's like it was building up pressure after all, so he had to turn it back on. Oh, and he's like, son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah, I really dig that. I kind of had this thought of like at the end, she's running through the steam hallway, and I'm like, man, they should have just turned that back off for her. <laughs> <laughs> Is there something to the fact I noticed that John Hurt is the first one to wake up and then when they're having that whole breakfast scene, somebody tells him, you look dead. He says, oh, I feel Oh, interesting. Dead. Yeah. Yeah. I never thought about that before. Shadow. You know, well, a lot of the actors who were led to believe apparently that he was going to be kind of the star oh. of that, like that, they thought he was going to be like the, the focal point. Which would make sense in 79. In that room of people, John Hurt is your star. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I, I guess I don't, yeah I don't know how big a star was Tom Skerritt at the time. Yeah, and I think Sigourney would have been really new. <laughs> Sigourney, what is it? Sigourney. It's not delivery. It's Sigourney. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm gonna. I've never heard it before, but now I'm gonna say it. Just you're literally <laughs> the only person I've ever heard say that. So I think there's lots of fun little nuggets of uh, production trivia. I know that you had one, Patrick. Yeah. I've got a few. So yeah, the, you had the, an interesting one. The most, uh, uh, the most. Whenever when you say alien, the scene most people think of is the chest burster scene, yeah. where um, apparently all the the script because we had mentioned that, and someone had asked, didn't when they've seen that in the script. Apparently, all the thing the script said was the the thing emerges. <laughs> Those were something to that effect. Oh, that's great. And then, so they had no idea. John knew, obviously, because he had to get rigged up for yeah. it. But none of them knew exactly what was going to happen. Yeah. So kudos on them for kind of keeping it together. I mean, it's kind of, you know, freaking out, but not freaking out, freaking out, breaking character. Because I feel yeah. like I would just start screaming, like, <laughs> Ridley, what the hell? Yeah. Well, that's great. Because, like, there was that moment where before it bursted and there's just, like, the squirt of blood and everyone just stops and the room goes silent. And it's, like, probably, like, two or three just seconds of just... <gasps> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> As everyone slowly realizes what's going to happen. Yeah, they're realizing what's happening in the scene. They're realizing what's happening in the movie and the story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think there's a lot of sort of, I don't know if it's improvisational, but a lot of natural dialogue here. And I'd be curious. I really don't know. But it seems like they were like, here's what you're trying to accomplish in the scene. Now argue. Yeah. Right. You know, yeah. There are definitely scenes with Sigourney and Yafik Koto kind of going at each yes, other. yeah. Mm-hmm. And... It seemed like they were stepping on each other and not quite sure what they were going to say next. It yeah. felt improvisational. Speaking of Yafet, did anyone notice that he was eating or chewing something every dang time <laughs> the camera was on him? I, I didn't. I did notice it in one scene. Every time. Yeah. It reminded me of, um, if you notice it, uh, Ocean's Eleven, Brad Pitt. Okay. Every scene, he's eating something. Go back and watch I've that. I've heard we, that before, actually. I'll tell you where I definitely <laughs> noticed it in the new Star Trek, like the first of the new Star Trek movies, mm-hmm. when Kirk beats the, uh, the, the uh, Kobayashi, Kobayashi Maru test. Yeah. Yeah. He's eating an apple. And it's like the most smug thing in the world. He's like, meh, I just figured this out. And he takes a big old bite out of the apple like, it, like it's yeah. nothing. 
I really dig like people eating in scenes. I don't know. Well, I feel like <laughs> apples in particular are always used for like uh, a smug person yeah. or the go back. I, <laughs> I guess if it was a banana, I wouldn't play the same. <laughs> <laughs> Is it Kobayashi Maru? Cause I was yeah, yeah, that's yeah, going to bother me. Okay. Yeah, that's now that I, yeah. I mixed my vowels. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe I, I forgot it. I, I love the the technology too. You always go back and see what what were they thinking is future tech. Yeah, where yeah. they're having all these crazy things where they can travel across the galaxy and mine ore, but we still can't do like some video feeds. It's the little like they all have their yeah. Apple II computers. Or there's like the opposite. I was just talking to Nick because I'm rewatching the IT crowd, and there's a gag in the IT crowd where they're like. Uh, we rigged your computer up so that you can talk to it. And like it, back then it was like a joke cause you know, but yeah. now it's like, well, yeah, of course. Now people know? have little butlers in their house that they can ask. <laughs> but I tell you what I like, like it's a good criticism to say like, oh, they, these, this technology is going to look dated and it doesn't match the future, but the style and the design and the atmosphere projected by the technology they had in this really does something for that story. First of all, it feels like a working class ship. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. But also just the tone. I love the slow waking up the ship waking up and that moment where the readout on the screen comes up with that fantastic sound design. And then it's reflected in the helmets. There's just something about the design of that whole thing. I think it's set kind of a bar for all future space stories or space movies. Mm -hmm. yeah. Like star Trek looks very similar in terms of like their Jeffries tubes and like the way they structure their ships. They don't have like square, yeah. you know, um, corridors. They all have those corners. Now, would you say that of Star Trek or Star Trek The Next Generation? Next Gen, sorry. Yeah, because I think, I think Star Trek itself might have influenced this a little bit, which then, you know, regenerated and then influenced other things. Is this after. the movie that started uh, the whole... CRTs are actually projectors. Yeah, I did notice that when <laughs> when Ripley is talking to mother and, and the display is just words on her projected face. on her face. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's pretty crazy. There's also like something you know if you go to like a like you said working class. Yeah. Like if you go to even today, if you were to go to like a factory or you know like a working like some place where maybe they are mining or something, the equipment is usually so dated still, yeah. you know, today, like it's, it's still like dated equipment most of the time for stuff like that. So it would make sense. The one thing I was thinking though, that kind of bothers me is like, clearly they have yeah. AI that functions very well because they have a robot, mm -hmm. but Mother doesn't seem to understand complex questions. Does not compute. Yeah. So, but you could still have that argument that like, this is a really old ship. They don't use like the most latest technology for the ship. They were driving like a Kia and <laughs> the, the company What's sent the their Ben's robot, you know? Yeah, exactly. Also like compare the function of mother. Like it's right. clearly not there to help the crew. That's true. It's there for the company. So it's there to communicate with Ash mm -hmm. to implement the company's goal, which is to bring back the alien life form. Yeah. So it, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be programmed to function like that. Yeah. I do like that mother is a blinky light machine. Yeah. Just sit inside the blinky light machine. She did countdowns and stuff. Yeah. I like Patrick's thing, Cere Cerebro. Cerebro, yeah. Yeah. 
Speaking of the countdown, do you think Mother was just really excited because she finally got to talk? Yeah. That's yeah. the one time. It's like, oh, they'll never do it. I hope one day they do it so I can talk. <laughs> so I had a few other bits of trivia that I thought were cool. And I don't know if you knew this, Brett, or if you were just cracking a joke. But legitimately, when they first find the egg, it was shot upside down and they had water dripping down off of it. Then they flipped the frame so that it looks like there's movement of water on it, but it looks weird. It literally was dripping upside down. Okay, yeah, because, I mean, there was, yeah, it did drip up, and I was just like, ah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, was, that was apparently a technique. It was like, we want to find some way to make it feel organic, but also really weird. Mm. I also dig that when they leave the ship to go for the walk, those were children in spacesuits. What? They had to build out the set, and it was a lot easier to build it slightly Small. scaled down. Oh, yeah. Oh. So it's all children until you see their faces. Oh, wow. And then by that point, they're inside the other ship. I did hmm. not know that. That's awesome. Because yeah. I'm neat. thinking of the scale now that I'm working on building a lot more sets and stuff. And it would. It would save a lot of space in terms of like where you put the set and yeah. how much materials it takes to build it. I think it was especially the landing feet of the mm-hmm. ship. Mm-hmm. They could build a lot smaller, but still yeah. look big. Yeah, because it mm. did feel when the sh- it lands, it felt like it had a lot of weight to it, like it was big. Yeah. But uh, sp- speaking of the scale, you mentioned partway through, like you were wondering why the external shots of the ship, uh, a lot of them in the beginning, look super fake and modeled, mm-hmm. and like <laughs> it's just a model. Yeah, but like there's lots of stuff that's just a model and it works. And I was thinking about it and and a couple of the other external shots, it's definitely just their lens choice. They they used this kind of a wider lens and they were like super close to the ship. So every little bit of movement had this weird parallax of stuff mm. going across the ship where like if you look at Star Wars, it's super long lens. And uh, like as the oh. ship goes by, none of the perspective changes mm. because because that's how you would see the whole ship in one oh, frame is from super yeah. far away. Hmm. So it gives away the, the size of the ship because yeah. you, could, you know, that makes oh, sense. Yeah, that makes sense. <clears throat> also too, I felt like the lighting was just a little too detailed. Like star Wars, star Wars will put stuff in higher contrast. And this like showed a lot of the details where I could see like brushwork and stuff. Totally. Like mm-hmm. the scope of the detail. Star Wars had that thing where, even their beat up ships were really clean looking on the outside. Mm-hmm. And so you never got to that point where like, oh, like that's the smallest piece of dirt that's on that ship. And it's huge. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. And the first time I saw this, it would have been VHS. And as I watch it recently, it's way too clean. Like it seems way too clean and detailed for how I originally saw it. This movie? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of striking how clear some of these shots are. Yeah, I was thinking there's some like green screen, like through the window sort of stuff from the cockpit that I was like, I mean, it's pretty impressive considering it's 1979. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The, the, there's, there's one external shot where you could see people moving in the ship. Uh, and yeah, it was, it was comped in pretty good. Yeah, yeah. So I think I forgot to mention probably the biggest star in this movie. The cat? Yeah. <laughs> um, H.R. Giger, the, yep. the Swiss artist who designed the alien, the, the alien ship, and basically all of the alien biological stuff. Um, that's just, I think that's the real star of this movie. Like, Did he do the set design also? I think, I'm not sure. 
you've got <laughs> I I don't know like I don't know if he was like on set but yeah it, it's it's I mean he it, yeah like you said it's all his artwork was the key yeah. inspiration for designing. I would bet that you know Ridley Scott being who he is designed a lot of the sets mm-hmm. but Giger would design the alien stuff I would assume there's a very specific look to to Giger's artwork that you definitely see in this movie mm. yeah because I was just gonna make the comparison. With the set design, it really reminds me of Blade Runner, yeah. where it's like, here's the future, but here's the nitty gritty, realistic future. future. Yeah, the you know, especially nowadays. It's yeah, the, it's the next gen filter. <laughs> but also, you know, nowadays in film, everything is so CG, and I think the thing that I like about Blade Runner in this movie is that it's not CG; it's all real objects. I like this this one thing that I've heard from some a few VFX people is that the times that you spot CG, you're just spotting bad CG. Yeah. Well, I mean... Like, that doesn't mean that there isn't good CG. Good that, CG that is can't. usually real objects comped into other real objects or real environments. So often CG is so perfect and squeaky clean and just perfect that it doesn't have that, like, lived-in dirt and grime that I think brings like realism to two things. And that's what feels so real about the ship. Like the ship looks like it's been around for centuries, you know, and same with like Blade Runner. It feels like all those characters and all the things, all the technology, it just all feels real compared to like, um, like minority report, for Mm. example, it's like just too clean and perfect, you know? And, and also both in this and Blade Runner, wet yes yeah <laughs> there's something about stuff being wet maybe that yeah. makes it look real especially the actor's faces <laughs> yeah yeah i'm still disturbed by when he walks into the the raining chain room yeah it's like what is oh, that room? the purpose is it like engine coolant it's like what is it that's falling from the are you standing underneath the bathroom like why <laughs> is there water pouring <laughs> captain dallas has very particular tastes did the cat was the cat in stasis how because like they all woke up and we didn't see the cat with them in stasis and the cat's just out and about i would assume so because she was putting it into a tube at the end yeah but that was just a person tube i think it was probably just curled up with one of them in there probably with her with her yeah she obviously cared more about the cat than anybody yeah, else. Too much. It's supposed to be her cat, but the cat doesn't seem to like her, and she doesn't seem to like take a lot of responsibility for. Well, the, the cat. cat's been through some shit in this movie. <laughs> yeah, I know. She's being chased and put in a box and tossed down hallways. Watched Harry Dean Stanton get dismembered yeah. <laughs> with like which deep was interest. Yes. Yeah, that was an awesome <laughs> shot. <laughs> I I see stuff like that and really wonder how they get those performances. From you know, the cat. From the cat, yeah. yeah. It's like backing off, and then it's like really focused, and I think it hisses at one point. They had a Don't dozen the cats. Motions. Each one was trained to do exactly one thing. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. That makes sense. The thing that I find, I don't know, really alluring about these movies is the biology, the life cycle of the alien. It's It just captures my imagination. Actually, I was wondering about that. Um, I've seen this movie several times and this is the first time that it kind of popped into my head. Was the one 
on the escape pod the same alien. Yes. But hear me out. It could have been a different alien because the alien could have gone around and like, you know, we don't know what happened to Dallas. Based on this movie, you're right. But if you include what we learn in the second movie, mm. the queen lays the eggs. Oh, okay. So no queen, no face hugger. Gotcha. Also, oh, no, I was just saying, the science officer, Ash, robot, robot Ash, called mm. them a perfect being. It's a pretty inefficient reproductive cycle. You got to yeah. have the egg. Then you got to have a warm body mm-hmm. to incubate, to attach to the face hugger. And it's got to have the right biology to incubate your, your baby. I don't know that it, they're, I think it's very forgiving in the biology of the creature because it's incubated in humans. It incubated in the space jockey, mm-hmm. the, the giant thing in the beginning. And in Alien 3, it incubated in dogs. But and, I'm saying it still it's, it requires you to have some living. A mouth. Yeah, living yeah. thing. Yeah. And that's the thing I find really fascinating that you get a different creature based on what it's incubated from. Because the aliens in Alien 3 are very different aliens. Because they incubated in a dog, which I think is absolutely fascinating. Like, they're a little bit like, which kind of forgives the fact that this is clearly a dude in a suit. It's the xenomorph mixed with human in this case. Oh, interesting. And in Alien 3, it's xenomorph mixed with dog. I just, I love that. Oh, is that what those four-legged alien thingies are? You may have seen clips from Alien 3. Yeah. Yeah. They or like maybe move a big dog. I'm just <laughs> <kidding>. <laughs> was yeah. it? That's the science it, officer. I know. I know. It was was it Alien? <laughs> Nick, do you know was it Alien Resurrection where the alien gets sucked through like a quarter sized hole yeah. in the spaceship or something? Yeah. Man, I missed out on an awesome Twitter handle, Science Officer Ash. <laughs> That'd be oh, pretty cool. Wah, wah. I also really dig the idea, and I don't know if it was really clarified in this one, but what they do is they've got like they open the mouth, then the little mouth comes out. And pop, instant lobotomy. They just crush your skull, instant lobotomy. So the host is alive. No country for old men style. No country for old men. So that then it can be incubated with a baby, but because it's instantly lobotomized. That's why the alien doesn't like eat the people. It's just looking for hosts for babies. Mm. Got like a <laughs> Tony Sugar in space. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, know, I really dig that. I love the whole life cycle. It's... I love rules in science fiction, and it's got it's got a cool set of rules. Yeah, it does break one of your rules. Okay, this this movie breaks she, a rule. She gets into that spacesuit awfully quick. <laughs> yes, and to clarify what that is, that was one of the biggest problems I had with gravity, because in gravity she gets out of a spacesuit way too quick. Mm-hmm. Like that's just completely impractical. And this, I'll take the criticism, but it's also the future. Where gravity was meant to be basically the spacesuits we have now. Yeah. You know, if it's the future, I can believe they have easier spacesuits. Just like fucking Velcro Nikes. Just it's on. Yeah. Your jacket is now dry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's hard to talk about like and this is this was the problem when we first started the podcast where we were like we're not doing movies that are absolutely good because it's hard to completely have a, a big conversation about it because like, well, this movie was great, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> you're like moving on. But uh, it really is a phenomenal film. And it's amazing that it like I think this I think the reason why I put it up there with 
Jurassic Park too is both of those films really hold up today. Like I feel like mm-hmm. I don't know how do you, I, how do you feel about that Sam because you're the one who hadn't seen it, but I feel like this still really holds up. Yeah, absolutely. Like I'm the storytelling is still timeless. Like mm-hmm. this could easily come out today. Same dialogue, same plot. Yeah. The only difference is if it came out today, there'd be a whole scene with somebody just uh, like a 20 minute scene of exposition dialogue explaining every little thing. <laughs> and the action yeah. scenes would be a lot faster today. Yeah. I love that I they take liked, their time. Though. I liked but that. I do like that. And again, going back to, I mentioned you know how much I like the version of Blade Runner without the voiceover that yeah. you don't have to f- spoon feed everything. Just mm-hmm. even I mean, if you don't know everything, it's fine. Just. Yeah. Prometheus had your 20 minutes of exposition scene. Yeah. Like, you're exactly right. <laughs> yeah. At the end, like, what's going on? This movie was made today. Like, and I, thought, that did I thought he was dead and now he's alive. I'm actually the the daughter and, like, oh, here's why we're here. And, like, ah. and it was like a whole scene with that. <laughs> Didn't they, like, play a video or something, Some too? Bullshit. Yeah. I don't know. Exposition film. <laughs> Press play. Yeah, I need to go back. I'm having a hard time remembering. Most I would of really that like movie. to watch that again, especially after just watching this and before seeing the next one. Yeah, but uh, you know the thing, the thing that's also you, you know, you're making the comparison to movies today versus this is, uh, you know, the cinematography in this is amazing, and not just like the lighting, but also the choices. Um, you know, there's a lot of choices to. Ridley Scott is very particular about when he's going to cut to a close-up. And it, he doesn't just... You can tell that none of these scenes did he walk in and shoot basic coverage and say, we'll figure it out in post. The cinematography in that aspect, you don't see that really very often, in my opinion, anymore. Like, no offense, I'm going to pick on the Marvel films, but the Marvel films a lot of times are a bunch of people sitting at a table and... Because it's boring, the camera is dolling, you know, the entire time that they're talking about exposition. But, you know, there it, it's not thoughtful as far as, like, when should I use a close-up and when should I use a medium? It looks like basic coverage. They just fool you into thinking that it's fancy by having the camera dolling the whole time. Totally. I was going to comment on that, too. Like, mm-hmm. in film school, that was one of my instructor's things was, like, you cut for a reason, for a yeah. storytelling reason. Totally. And now I feel like a lot of times they cut for pacing. Yes. As mm. opposed to like absolutely heighten the story. Yeah. And I've had directors tell me like, you know, I've had those comments like, uh, I feel like the pacing's off and there needs to be more cuts. And it's like, well, <sighs> you know, the cut shouldn't dictate the pacing necessarily. You know, the beats in the story should dictate the pacing. Yeah. Well, it's interesting to see an action film or what I would consider an action film Mm -hmm. without that quick cutting Absolutely. And it totally works. And it really builds your suspense, right? Because there's like, there were times where you were sitting on the couch here, like huddled back because it's like this slow burn wide shot of her walking around, you know, by herself. And that's so much scarier than a bunch of quick cuts. You know, and then we don't cut to a close up of her till she like almost turns the corner and runs right into the monster. You know, it's it's Hitchcock, not Michael Bay speaks to our director here, which is the guy who's most famous for meticulous storyboards. Mm. Like clearly he has sat with the framing of every single shot for a very long time, thinking about every moment of the movie Mm -hmm. and how it's framed. 
So yeah. everything you see here is very careful and very, very much planned. Yeah, and you can tell for sure. And I think you really see that there's some great um, there's some great chaos in the movie where you've got alarms going off on the ship mm -hmm. in a very specific moment where they go into this room, there's alarms going off, it's really distracting, it's hard to focus on what's happening, and Yafakota reaches across and he turns off that alarm. He's controlling the tension in the scene by having his actor specifically turn off that alarm at a very specific time when he needed it. Mm. So the alarm is on when the director wanted it, and when he wanted it off, it was off, and it it created yeah. attention in the scene. Definitely. Yeah. Very careful, deliberate stuff. Yeah, the sound design plays a factor into that, too. Like, yeah, clearly the sound design is so brilliant. It's like, phenomenal. It sounds like a heartbeat, like the ship, when they're mm. walking through it, just the normal ship noise kind mm. of sounds like yeah. this deep, heartbeaty sound. Like, there could be this, you know living thing somewhere well, in the ship also when you're scared what do you hear you hear your own heartbeat your heart mm -hmm. beating like resonating through your ears or kind veronica of cartwright losing her shit through the communication <laughs> system and i wonder if that's the one you're talking about where you turn off the visuals and just listen to it where dallas is in yes. the jeffrey's tube yes and veronica cartwright is losing her shit yes turn yeah. go back rewatch that scene turn your monitor off but just have the audio and it's horrifying. Cause like you as a viewer get an idea of where the, the alien is coming from kind of like you don't really, but with the mo the screen off and just the visuals, it's like even more, you feel like how well, that character you would do feel see where the aliens coming because the motion sensor has a sound effect. Mm hmm. And I know, oh, the alien just appeared again and is approaching him yeah. because the motion sensor. But you're not that, really sure which direction the alien's coming from. I would argue in the movie you can't tell because all you see is a display. Mm -hmm. You don't see the alien until you see the alien. Yeah. So I think in that moment, yeah, the, the audio tells the story and totally. you can do without the visuals. Yeah. And it's it's pretty great. And it's it's the other thing I was noticing was towards the end of the film – the um, music really drops out and it just becomes a lot of sound design. Mm. I it's think very I subtle. That out. I was like, shit's going to get bad. The music yeah. stopped. Yeah, it's did. silent. Oh my yeah. God. And I'd forgotten this was Jerry Goldsmith, but there's some great music in this movie. Mm -hmm. It's just, oh, I, I can't even. It's equally as tied into the storytelling as the cutting. Yeah. The yeah. music like plays up every moment and is meticulous in its timing and like where it swells and where it quiets down. There was only, there was one bad edit in this film. The head. <laughs> the the head. Yeah, the cut. The arm, hard the cut. Arm, the to... arm is the arm perfectly. I feel like they should have switched to a different angle. It seemed like they were trying to do a matched cut on the same Yeah, angle. they were trying to do a match cut of the fake ash head to the real ash head in the same framing, same angle. Yeah, change the angle. Doesn't, yeah, just change the angle and the they illusion wouldn't have worked. They did an arm wipe. It was her they arm tried wipe. to do an arm wipe, <laughs> yeah. yeah. That one, well, that one kind of felt like a, a, a post decision. Like they had Maybe. a cutaway and then just like, oh, this is weird, this doesn't work and then Maybe, they ended yeah. up with that and we're just like, I, I guess this is better. Yeah, that's a good point. That's Maybe they had be. a cutaway they couldn't use. So I want to just get the uh the the deep end of your your claim at the beginning of the movie okay okay because uh, it's this is the main discussion i think is okay uh is it the best is this the best movie, movie ever, ever made um 
and no. <laughs> uh, good night, everyone. <laughs> uh, but it's. Well, then you have to offer up. You can't make that claim and not offer up something I, in return. I, I like where you're going, but that's that's not true. No, <laughs> it's it. You, you this can't. isn't a comparative thing. It's more of like I, I, there's an area where I think this film is lacking that I've seen other films excel, um, and specifically the what we were talking about earlier with the, the special effects not working in some places and even the weird head thing. There's movies that have the future thing. I'm like, I'm thinking 2001 where mm-hmm. the world is so complete and they sell it a hundred percent of the time that, you know, they, if the, if they would have sold it a hundred percent of the time in this, I might, I might mm. be on the best movie train, but, but if, 2001 has that weird, like 12 minute acid trip. The Thank ending, you. even <laughs> Yeah, but it's but it's you know. So wait, are you saying that two thousand one is your, or you're just using it? As an no, example? I'm using as as an example of the where this movie could have had improvements. And if your movie can have improvements, it's not the best movie ever, just by definition. Mm-hmm. I would argue that maybe Godfather. I oh, mean, that, the, that's a candidate for damn, sure. That's a good movie, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. it's like, considered as far as like the top 100 movies I that is Raging that has been Bull number has one. Beat it out. Yeah, uh, Casablanca and um, Citizen Kane are definitely Casablanca? up there. <laughs> What's <laughs> with you today? <laughs> Casablanca. I think that's how they the, say it. The in House the, of Blankets. The movie. <laughs> oh, really? They got that like transatlantic. Hmm. But yeah, Godfather. The reason why I pull Godfather out is because of the deliberate pacing. Like you were talking mm-hmm. about. Yeah. Well, I Godfather, I think Godfather really widely is accepted as the best film ever. And if you By look at top, yeah, I mean, IMDb's top 100 movie, it has been, Godfather's been up there forever. As well, AFI, one. I think it's number two on oh, AFI. Really? I mean, I would argue, though, in my opinion, that I think this movie is better than 2001 Space Odyssey. And that's my opinion. Yeah, a, a better, more enjoyable story, more fleshed mm-hmm. out characters, more engaging. Between the two movies, I would be on your camp, and I, would, I, I understand that you you look at two thousand one and you see why it's such a well known movie and well regarded. But I, for me, I didn't like the ending of two thousand one actually. But it felt like I know that's blasphemy. I don't know. It, it, it kind of no, and I don't think so. Many not, people aren't buying your book. I, yes, now. No, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's not <laughs> the point. So many people already aren't be. buying it. Maybe it was dialed in and looked the way they intended, but they were also just playing with video feedback. Like they were playing oh, yeah, with no. ingredients they had in the shop. I don't think two thousand one. Where is the this best was movie. aspiring to something. You're right. I'm and, sorry. I'm twisting your words. You you were just <laughs> using it as an example of doing something it did, better. It did one thing better than this movie. But I disagree that it did because you know if if i if you're the best guitar player in the world and i hand you a guitar and you tear it and it's perfect and then i say a more enjoyable engaging inspiring piece of music includes five other instruments and you can't do those as well that doesn't mean that 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 isn't a great piece of music like you you're reaching and maybe you fall short in a few places you know so this had a story to tell and it had a goal and maybe it's hard to shoot a robot head in 1979, but they did the best possible version of that mm-hmm. where 2001, while it was like this dialed in visual effect, 
what were they trying to say? It was very experimental. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there's no there there. I also don't think any, you know, there's going to be inherent issues with any film, right? Yeah. So maybe like saying if there's something wrong with the film, therefore it's not the best movie ever made. Maybe that's not, maybe that doesn't apply to any movie. Maybe there's always something wrong. Well, it suggests that somewhere there's a better movie with no flaws. Flaws are subjective too. Yeah. Like certain people feel one way and certain people don't. We're trying to say you're wrong. Oh no! I just it all it all it's how it makes you you feel right. It's because right. the two that have been brought up before there are two of my definitely my top are are Blade Runner and Princess Bride, and Princess Bride. Actually, if we want to play the game, I'm Plenty having flaws trouble. Princess Bride. I'm trying really. Uh, as far as production, sure. Oh, okay, yeah. Like when was... Andre the Giant picks up a paper mache rock, like I'm engaged <laughs> with the story. I don't see that as a flaw, but somebody well, could critique that production value. Rocks don't shatter like they're made of porcelain anything. like that. <laughs> yeah. No, but yeah. Uh, like that movie has a lot of nostalgia for me personally. Cause I remember mm. watching that when I was little. Um, and then you, different things are funny or you enjoy different things as you get older about it. But so yeah. that one, and then I don't know, Blade Runner, it, it's also science fiction like this, but something about that always just really stuck in me. Yeah. And uh, ignites so, your I mean, imagination. I think if you can watch the final scene of Blade Runner and not be like emotional when he's in the you know the teardrops in the rain scene, there's yeah. something wrong with you. The robot. Yay! <laughs> I bleed milk. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of, if that if that was actually a dairy product, I felt really bad for them because that had to have smelled so oh, bad. <laughs> you know, another brilliant thing about this movie that I love is no romance. Yeah. So many mm-hmm. movies fall on this crutch of we've got to have romance. That's what I also love about Jurassic Park. There's no romance in yeah. that film. And and we don't necessarily we don't need that, you yeah. know, necessarily. And I'm not sure, but I think there was originally a plan of Tom Skerritt and Sigourney Weaver <laughs> having a thing. She does that, get awfully teary-eyed. And then they ended up just bailing on that. Thank but goodness. looking at what's on the screen, it's so much better. Than yeah. all these movies that feel like they need to inject a romance. Because there's something, again, like even more psychological about the fact that he he even says at one point, he's like, I don't trust anyone. Yeah. You know, like there's something more psychological that you're like trapped on the spaceship with basically a bunch of strangers that are just your coworkers. And like you're, you, you get to a point where you're trying to help them out. But also there's a point where she's just like, fuck it. I got to get off this thing. You know, it's yeah. it's kind of crazy puts you in a different frame of mind than if you had like an emotional attachment to that person. Yeah. Cause it, it puts her in this like sort of just survival mode. Yeah. I think it also makes it easier for you to imagine that you're her. Yes. No matter who you are. Exactly. Like as a viewer, you're like, she's saying the right thing. Nobody's listening to her. Oh my God. No, <laughs> like this shouldn't have happened. Ah. So and yeah. if there was like a weird romance, you know, I feel like that would have taken me out of it. Like, oh, I hate that guy. He didn't listen to her. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Yeah. In a weird way, you kind of don't have much of an emotional attachment to any of the characters, but you kind of do because like, like you said, they just leave enough room for you to to connect with her, but there's not enough room for you to really feel too much you know i feel like i have a connection with her not because of who she is but because 
I develop a respect for her, mm-hmm. totally. yeah. you yeah. know, as being the person who's sensible and trying to control the situation. Yeah. You know, I enjoy um, Parker. Yeah. Fit Koto. Cause he's like just the guy trying to get the job done mm-hmm. and trying to get his fair share. You know, he's just a guy at work, you know? Yeah. But some of the others like Kane, you never know well enough to develop opinion. Which one was that? The guy. John Hurt. Chesspers. Or the other girl, really. Yeah, she was the personification of the panic and the chaos. Yeah. And while that's not a deep character to explore, it was very necessary for this movie. Mm -hmm. We needed panic. Dallas was pretty checked out, the captain. I felt like he just didn't care. It's a science problem. very appealing about his personality, you know? Like, he's like, I'm just trying to get this ship home, you know? Yeah, and, and... you know, I'll take that risk or, you know, yeah. I don't trust anybody. Like the way he We're delivers minors. lines like that. There's a fucking alien. Like, I don't <laughs> yeah. have time for this or leave the, it to uh, the science officer. There, nobody there's, got time for that shit. There's still stuff that needs to be repaired. There's this. Oh, that's horse shit. We can take off without that. Yeah. You know, I, I like his delivery on stuff like that. I just want I do want to note, though, I said during the film, I was like. When when it was her and the two other people still alive, and she's like, "Go get the coolant," and I was like, "Fuck that! They should just take off without the coolant." And somebody was like, "But they need the coolant." She took off without the coolant, guys. Oh. In the end of the film, she didn't need that shit. Mm. I'm just saying they should have just taken off, not split up. <laughs> but I, th- I think her uh, uh, the drawback of not having taken the coolant though was the end of the movie was not. I'm definitely making it home. It was, Maybe, I can make it to the edge and hopefully someone's there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She's basically going to get in that tube and hope somebody finds her before everything falls apart. Yeah. For some reason, I will say I had a strange memory of the cat. Like fighting the alien, right? He, well, <laughs> not fighting the alien, but I had a strange memory of there being a scene where the cat kind of saves her life because I guess we kind of got it when it was in the cage where it, the alien was distracted by the cat in the box. Mm. But I thought I remembered a scene where she takes the cat on the escape pod and the cat runs out right before the alien like gets her and the alien mm. goes after the cat. But I can't, I guess obviously that didn't happen. Mm. Was but the alien asleep? Yeah, Is what that what was that was? That's what I'm saying. I think well, it was a different alien. <laughs> I'll like, I have head cannon and okay. I know it's not on the screen, but my head cannon is it was kind of injured and it was like a, an animal kind of backed into a corner trying to hide. What injured it? Well, just the chaos of the ship. And the fire people shooting fire at it. Yeah. But it, it wasn't, it wasn't on the screen. Good, Patrick, yeah. the fire. <laughs> the also, also he didn't hide the other two bodies. So maybe they fought back and injured it. Oh, they yeah, already died, fighting. right? Yeah, they already okay. died, so he retreated. Although there would that's be acid burns all over that shuttle if that were the case. Mm, that's true. Maybe well, we don't know. She mm. didn't go back there. She tried to go for the. She didn't check her corners. We just I, saw a foot. Is it established? It's probably established in the other ones that the full-grown xenomorphs have acid blood, but in this, you yeah. only see the acid blood come out of the face hugger. True. That's yeah. True. Yeah, I, I would assume. I'm pretty sure it's in the other movies, Man, too. Man, Acid Blood would be an awesome band name. <laughs> <laughs> you don't dare kill it. Ooh, so in our first half, you guys mentioned the small cast of only seven people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
And it really did make them feel isolated. Like, you know, she's running around the ship. There's no chance of them like running into another ship to save them. And like, as a viewer, you feel that sort of desperation and hopelessness. I wonder if that's also going back to you made the comment how mother doesn't talk till the end. I wonder if that was an intentional decision to make them feel even more isolated that the ship isn't talking to them. Like Mm -hmm. it isn't giving any feedback at all. Well, she talks in the beginning during the countdown mm-hmm. when they're landing. But, but when they're trying no. to get like, information. I think that was Veronica Cartwright. Yeah, that, that was a... Oh. Yeah. I only have one job on the ship. It's <laughs> <laughs> to count now. Okay. <laughs> Fucking Galaxy that Quest. Yeah, so Galaxy Quest. Uh, that's where I should have... Yeah. When I was trying to think of movies she was in. Oh, was breach. she in that? There's a whole breach. Sigourney. Sigourney Weaver. Oh, right, right. Sigourney. I thought you meant that. She had one, one job on that ship. Yeah. <laughs> one job. Yeah. So ultimately, how, how do we feel in the end? I'm going to make mine easy. All, all of my claims were substantiated. <laughs> <laughs> my That's very convenient for you. As yeah. you all can see, this was the best film ever made. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Point proven by watching the movie. What did you think, Brett? I'm like, I'm, I like the movie, obviously. It was a good movie. Um, Just not I as good as 2001. If there's, I'm just kidding. If there's one thing that actually was legitimately disappointing, it was definitely the full wide shot of the alien in, in it's just a dude mm. in, in like, uh, well, there was that one moment where it, it, to Dallas and Patrick was like, give me a hug. Cause that's what it looks <laughs> yeah, like. Yeah. The alien's doing. Yeah. Like the, a couple of the jump scares didn't work right, but like, it was really just this really fantastic upper body, like full prosthetics, alien, awesome thing, and then tights. Yeah. And just like, oh, they, and they didn't go all the way with that. I, tights? I thought it, it has like It's straight up just tights, like a dude in tights. It had weird feet. But oh. Yeah. oh I, it could have been worse. Another trivia thing was you can find it online. There's, there's a video of it the first time they introduce it. It's not like fully, fully developed. There's like a mid-level that they were going to show it. And it does like this weird uh, crab walk thing yeah uh, kind of like yeah it's not intimidating in the slightest it just it looks like in it looks even more like a person in a suit like just in a suit doing like a weird crab walk thing and i think that's why there were so many shots of the alien not really moving is yeah. because the movements would look too human yeah it's and it's a hard thing to pull off when we do see it moving it's obviously a person in a suit so I forgot to mention, I've been to the H.R. Giger Museum in um, Gruyere, Switzerland. And it's just this tiny little museum of his artwork. And then there's like a bar that's modeled after it. But I'm walking around this museum and I'm checking out all this cool stuff. And I go through this room and I come back through this room I'd been in before and just happen to look up. (laughs) And there's a xenomorph like about (laughs) to jump on me from the ceiling. It's so brilliant. Yeah, it's not tights. There's more detail to it. Look at the, but is there a view of the back of him? It's not it was much a, more than tight. In the so, movie, it was a wetsuit at one point. Yeah, in the yeah. movie, all we see is the back of it at the end there, and the back is just it looks like just tights, or like painted tights, perhaps. Painted tights. Whether I mean, the detail on the on the pants aside, like you're right, it kind of it falls a little flat when you see the whole thing, and it's just a guy in a suit. Feels a little ROS. Yeah, the ROUS is ROUS. Yeah, and I. I myself forgive it a little bit when I think about that life cycle of it's not just a xenomorph. It's a xenomorph that incubated in a human. A human that likes wearing yoga pants. 
Yeah. Or, or an Andre the Giant onesie. But so I, maybe the, the rain chain room was Kane's area. <laughs> yeah, that's where he liked to hang out. Yeah. But I, I definitely got the tension and the, the horror, and this is just as scary as it used to be. Like, it, it, the actual uh, emotion and drama that it brings hasn't been diminished by the years. I think it's just how well it sells some of the effects has has not aged so well. What do you think, Ash? Oh, I loved it. I thought it was great. I actually, I uh, I haven't seen it in so long that it was um, quite enjoyable to see it again because there was stuff that I didn't remember, which was fun. But yeah, I think this totally still holds up. You know, I see your point, Brett. I do see your point. You know, that prosthetic head didn't really <laughs> match up. But um, I still find the alien fucking creepy. But that's me. I don't know. I, the double mouth thing is weird to me. It sounds like like what does it mean? What does it mean? Like a stoner pitch of an alien. Like, all right, this thing shows up and it's fucking horrifying. It's just got this big ass mouth and it opens its mouth and, and there's, there's more teeth. Fuck. Yeah. Like, <laughs> its tongue is a mouth. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So Sam, having never seen it. Yep, I'm the noob. It's, um, it's perfect movie, right? I liked it. <laughs> I would definitely not say it's the best movie ever, um, but it, its storytelling is really fantastic and really well crafted. And you can see the care and like thought that went into it, and you feel that as a first time viewer. Um, I I like the special effects, um, especially the practicalness of it all. I really appreciate that, and I really enjoyed it. Excellent. Can mm-hmm. I can I just intervene? I googled alien because I wanted to look at pictures of the alien suit, the alien yoga pants. There is a fragrance inspired by alien and you can buy it at Nordstrom's and Sephora and Macy's. Now is that specifically the xenomorph alien or I don't just know. like I think that's just generic alien stuff. Generic alien. That looks like maybe. Stargate more than alien stuff. I'm just saying, you can smell like an alien. Everyone yes. wants to. All right, so Patrick, what did you think? It's an excellent movie. And as much as I was... But no, no, no. As much as I was, you know what's funny, though, is actually my impression of it is a little bit higher than it was going in because I think... There, they got, it got, there was some hokiness that got in there with the especially Alien Cubed and Resurrection. Yeah. And I think a lot of that was bleeding back into this. Oh, yeah. But yeah. Uh, no, it, it's as much as I was giving you a hard time and nitpicking some stuff early about the movie, but uh, no, it's an, it is an excellent movie. You can, you can see how it influenced, especially for the time and how much it influenced so many other science fiction properties. Did it influence yeah. you? No. Yes, I'm sure. To, I'm sure to some degree. It's, it's one of those things where there's not really much of a ref. The, my book's pretty referential to a lot of pop culture. It's, yeah. uh, I'm sure uh, it's in there. It was floating around in there somewhere, mm-hmm. but, uh, no, if you guys check it out, you'll see it's it's much more of a lighthearted romp. It's yeah, very very different vibes. Alien. <laughs> like, yes. Do you have like a, a elevator pitch synopsis of like what what the book's all about? Am I sure. putting you on the spot? No, it's fine. I can. I've had to do a lot. Of <laughs> um, as far as like actually the plot, essentially. Um, an alien trucker. Hey, that's relevant. Oh. Uh, there it is. There yeah, it is. Yeah. The, the, <laughs> they get a, a, a an emergency communication and they go to a planet 
they find it. Wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> parallel thought, parallel thought. Um, no, but he drunkenly crash lands on Earth. He tries to steal a human trucker's truck because he thinks it's a spaceship. They both get abducted, um, oh, forced wow. into service uh, to work off debt to this corporation. And of course, things don't go the way they're supposed to. Cue the wacky hijinks. Nice. That's great. That sounds yeah. pretty that fun. That sounds amazing. Mm-hmm. I had uh, I was doing some signings. I had some parents come up with their kids because you know it's colorful. You see the color and the cover and everything. And, and you're like, and this is I was not like, for I, well, here's, here's what I said to him. I said, well, and then say, well, well, mom, especially if the kids were if they were noticeably under ten, I said, no, probably not, not at yeah. all. If they were kind of in that junior high range, I would say something effective. Here's how I would describe it: There's PG thirteen action movie violence level in it. You know. Some gunfight stuff, like nothing, nothing crazy, nothing too graphic. There's no, uh, nothing adult, adult in that regard. Uh, taking out but prepositions. The raunchy sex <laughs> scenes, no, no, I mean. no. But taking out words like and, the, uh, is. Um, four letter words are probably the most prominent. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll leave that up to you, mom and dad, what, what, you know, what you allow them to say. But, but, oh, uh, very diplomatic yeah. of you. Some, some language to be redacted from the 10 year olds yeah i would love to see the parent that just doesn't get it they're like what do you mean four letter word <laughs> you just tell them a thug yeah. <laughs> no, but, uh, <laughs> just look Brett, straight please in the turn eyes. that into the song in between <laughs> <laughs> Cool. So I'm I'm excited about checking out the book. I've yeah. got a long plane ride ahead of me, so I'll have that on hand. Hope you like it. Yeah, I think it's good. I got copies and uh, koozies, and then uh, can I go ahead and where people can find it, dude? Go any do information you want to share? Yeah, yeah. Please. This Those is an unlimited there. time podcast. You can no, say okay. whatever you want. Um, so. Yep. Well. Again, my name is Patrick Edwards. The book is Space Tripping. You can get it on Amazon, Target Online, Barnes & Noble Online. Um, the publisher is directly Inkshares is the name of the publisher. And stores. Um, I don't... Yeah, it, it's it's in stores. Bookstore it's in oh, some cool. Barnes & Nobles. It's in some independent bookstores. Have it's you kind gone of, to a bookstore and seen it? Yes. Oh, that was really so awesome. Cool. Uh, so I did try the... the I, feel, I feel really bad asking for it, though, because it feels really, really, really lame to walk in and ask for it, but... Uh, <laughs> um, Excuse me, do you have my book? Yeah, but... Uh, it was that was an interesting process, just learning how that whole thing works. Like Barnes and Noble in particular, they buy them kind of in bulk from like a central distributor, and then the all the individual stores stock themselves. So the managers, mm. oh, so the like they go managers go on and, to the Barnes and Noble hub and says, yeah. "I'll take this." Mm-hmm. Oh. So so like oh. ones where I did signings w- would have a bunch, and yeah. then. Some might not have it at all, or, yeah. but that's really cool. As I've had, I've had friends or family, they'll be traveling and they'll find it on the shelf, oh, take a fun. picture of it, and send it to me. That's always really that's, that's really cool. Yeah, is it available on Kindle? Yes, ebook and paperback. Yeah, so mm-hmm. cool. I went to the National Air and Space Museum like the week after Al Bean, like my favorite astronaut, was there doing a book signing, and I missed him. But they had some on the shelves yeah. that he had signed when he was there. That's so cool. That's not so I was able to buy it. Hey, that's actually a good idea if I walk yeah. in and kind of go up and Just say, hey, this ones. is, do you want me to, do you want those? Yeah. And if I go to a store and see your book, I'll tell them the same thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm the author. I'll sign <laughs> it for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess that backfires quickly, doesn't it? Well, my yeah. picture's on it. Oh, yeah. That's so, true. All mm-hmm. I need is a gas can and an axe. Yeah. <laughs> Just like <laughs> you, you know, have yeah. a picture. 
I think yeah. who's a, we were talking about then something else. Basically, I wanted an author picture that was the exact as much the opposite of the traditional sitting by a fire with a cardigan and a dog nice. kind of thing. You see, <laughs> yeah. as possible. Though that would have been incredible. That whole thing, but you had like an alien mask on. Yes, that would yeah. have been an incredible author picture as well. Yeah. <laughs> so please, if you're interested in that stuff, check me out. And um, obviously, you like the Laugh Stash TV products. I'm a big fan. That's how we connected. Yeah. But uh, when are we going to get more Let's Drink? Uh, soon. There is a queue. There is a queue. Uh, yeah, I have is. been working on it. Actually, the video game episode with Holland Farkas is so close to being done. I'm actually, my, uh, the guy who does the audio for me, he like mixes the audio, has been working on a feature film. So he's like, I don't have time. So that's kind of why it's a little behind. But Make sure you guys support. These are some professionals here. Ash just did that oh. whole thing and didn't break while the dog was licking her foot the whole time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Gross. That was impressive. No, the professionalism was impressive. I would not have been able to do that. Well, I have a dog now, so I just don't give a fuck yeah. anymore. Like Patrick said, uh, this is part of the Last Ash TV network of content. If you like the show, you'll probably like uh, our YouTube channel where there's Let's Drink, the drinking show, and then other the, things. That's the cooking no, there's, one called. Uh, there's Hunger Dames. Hunger Dames. Um, and then there's video game parodies. We just released our Fallout 4 parody. So please go give it a watch. It just hit 5,000 views recently. Yeah. Um, and then if you also like us, you can follow us on Twitter. You can follow uh, Laughstash at Laughstash TV on Twitter, or you can follow this podcast at let's rewatch on Twitter. And we do fun movie polls from time to time where we let you choose the movie. And so recently we just did one and Matilda one, and then uh, we just did another one and romancing the stone one. But if you want to help choose the movies, please follow us there. And thanks to everyone who tweets at us and thanks Ralph. Just thanks Ralph. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, do you have a, uh, a Twitter handler? Yes, I do. <laughs> Ashley's gonna laugh. I do. I yeah. know it. Um, it's at Rambling Waffle, and the story for that I promise is too long and not as entertaining as it sounds like it might be. <laughs> but yeah, if you liked our podcast, please give us a shiny and wonderful glowing review on iTunes or Google Play Music. Or we'll proudly accept your one-star reviews if you don't like our Trump jokes. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll be doing this every two weeks. So make sure your subscriptions are up to date and join us in two weeks for another Let's Rewatch. Yeah, next time we're going to be watching Orgy of the Dead. Oh. oh. <laughs> Just when you thought all of the of the deads were taken. Someone made a dead of the dead. A zombie that eats. <laughs> it's like double zombies. They only eat other zombies. Thank you.